0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. could t- tell you the honest truth, I thought, well... We're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. It have missed
1: something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just um, like the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like you can't explain it when you don't know. Uh, you feel like you're being followed, but you don't know
0: what it is. We had two to our right, another one in the front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All
1: we're is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out.
0: Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Sarah again. And a lot of you remember Sarah. She had that absolutely uh, terrifying haunted house experience that uh, I guess our Facebook group blew up over because it is one of the scariest encounters that we've probably had on the show. And uh, at the end of that interview, Sarah goes, oh, by the way, I've had a really badass Yowie encounter. And I'd love to talk about that too. So, Sarah, welcome back.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Cade.
0: It is great. I, uh, You are one of these people who are just a magnet for for the weird and the wonderful it's uh it's great to have you back on
1: yeah my um partner always jokes that I'm probably haunted myself so yeah it's fun <laughs>
0: it, it could be, very well could be it's uh I, I hear these stories of people who are actually, i feel like they are actually haunted because they just can't escape the um the, the craziness of the paranormal in their lives It kind of just seems to follow them And it's kind of like, does, is something attached to you Or are you just a haunted individual yourself So, who knows, <laughs> who you very knows well that. might be <laughs> <laughs> So, um tell me about this yowie encounter that you had
1: So, there's a few little prerequisites, I guess, in a sense So, I spend a lot of time camping in the watergans National Forest Which a lot of you probably know that I didn't realise at the time But then found out soon after that mm quite supposedly a hot spot so I'd had two strange encounters there one of which we were camping up on a ridge pretty deep in off the tracks like an unmarked sort of camping area that was on a top, and no people around only ones to get in and we were sitting by the fire and there was that weird sense of something's around earlier in the day I'd smelt a strange smell that sort of dissipated quickly I couldn't quite put my finger on it it was almost like Something something dead and then something musky, just a really bizarre smell that just sort of came and went and just that strange feeling all night. And as we're sitting around the fire, we saw a pebble thrown into the air, like into the light of the fire towards us. So that was quite strange. You know, what throws rocks in the bush? Who knows? There was another encounter again in the Wadigan's Forest that I had where um, we were having to walk out of an area it had just gone on dusk. It was getting dark and then we were audibly paced out by something in the bushes a few metres in that we couldn't quite see and every time we'd walk, it would walk, when we'd stop, it would stop. At the end, we just wound up pretty much screaming for it to F off because we didn't know what to do. We were freaking out. We had no reception. We are just like, oh, my God, this is, you know, what the hell's going on. It was bipedal, clearly wasn't a kangaroo, or anything like that. Like I said, it would stop when we'd stop, it would walk when we'd walk and, yeah, eventually... It just sort of left us alone. So then going back, those were probably about two years before the last encounter, and my last major encounter was in 2017 in early April, I believe it was. So because of these other weird incidents, it sort of turned me off going into the bush a bit, which I used to be camping like four times a week. Like it was just... Oh, wow. So you're, you're out
0: there all the time.
1: Yeah, I just... Anytime like after work I had spare time, I'd drive up to the Watergans, so I'd camp overnight, just as much as possible. Just absolutely loved it. And I'd always grown up with my dad camping and he'd been a bit of a Yowie enthusiast himself. Like always wanting to see one, never seen one, and just all that sort of thing.
0: So you were <laughs> quite common with the with the Yowie, I guess, as a as a thing. Yeah. Before it all happened.
1: Oh. As a kid, my dad used to constantly terrify us because you know how you see those big hollows in trees. He'd be like, oh, that's where the yaoi sleep. And, you know, (laughs) I'm five years old running through the bush with him and I'm just absolutely terrified, like, oh, my God, what's a yaoi? And then, you know, my nan would always talk about them and all sorts of strange things. So, yeah, it's just this weird – my dad, I think, has always just had this weird obsession with it and then somehow – I don't know. <laughs> I've just had these experiences myself.
0: So, with those those first tiny little encounters, there were you hyper aware that that may be a yowie in there, or was that something that you were just kind of, I guess, a little bit blasé about at that point?
1: Um, I was pretty freaked out because, I mean, especially when you're on a ridge top camping and you know there's no other people around, and a, a pebble gets thrown at you, and you know it's like that we don't have any animals that throw things in the bush. And the fact that something was walking bipedally, so I did have, and that was the thing I think that I'd always grown up with my dad being sort of fascinated by the concept of it, but it didn't really ever really occur into my mind too much until those incidents happened. And I was like, wait a minute, that's that's pretty weird. And then I'd gone home and researched the Wadigans and realised people are reporting heaps of cases there. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe that's what was going on.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting because I mean, if your if your dad's had that that whole type of mindset about the Yowie, and, and I I don't know how long ago this actually happened to you, but there's that everything that was happening there is is such classic Yowie behaviour to what I hear the in in this modern day and age.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, my dad had had um, not him personally, but. I think it's one of the things that sparked the curiosity in him that he'd always told me about a story from a family friend. So a family friend owns a rural property up near the Piligar, which is, again, a notorious sort of area. And he was out-droving cattle. His dog went up over the hill to bring the cows down around, and when he got up over the hill, the dog was gone, which is, you know, pretty strange for a, for, you know, a cattle dog. Like, they're pretty reliable, especially, you know, his best dog couldn't find the dog anywhere, decided to go home. When he got home, the dog was completely wedged under the house as far as it could be, absolutely terrified, wouldn't come out for days. Oh, wow. And then a few nights later, he came outside, he'd heard a noise, and there was a big gum out the front of the tree, and he said that there was just this big, massive, orange, hairy thing up in the tree staring at him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think that's what sort of sparked... So my dad, of course, his mentality is, you know, he hunts pigs and all that. He's like, all right, let's catch the <laughs> So So him and his mates go out. Of course, they didn't find anything, but the mate that owned the property did say that the next day he'd gone out after seeing the thing in the tree, he did find hair about eight foot up in the tree. So it wasn't anywhere that cattle had rubbed against it. It was orange hair. And yeah, I think that's the thing that always sort of like sparked my dad's curiosity. And ever since he's always been obsessed with the idea of trying to find a yaoi one day.
0: That's incredible. It's, it's so awesome that you kind of have this, this Yowie folklore within your family and then you go on to have these amazing experiences.
1: Yeah, I think my dad's a bit jealous of me, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah, I bet he is, actually.
1: <laughs> so yeah, the um the most recent encounter I had, which was definitely the most intense, it was back in early April of twenty seventeen. So about three years ago now. And a friend of mine, like, after those first two encounters, it almost it put me off going out camping a fair bit, quite honestly, especially alone. And so a friend was it was her birthday, and I said, What do you want to do for your birthday? And she wanted to go for a hike. So I'm like, Alright, sweet. Um, there was an area that she'd mentioned that she'd wanted to check out, which was the Strickland State Forest in Summersby, and it seemed like a pretty uh heavy populated area by people. So I was like, sweet, that makes me feel a bit more comfortable, that nothing weird's gonna happen. I feel like I absolutely jinxed myself. And so We go down there for the day, pack a lunch, all that sort of thing, hop out of the car, plenty of people around in the car park. And it's a strange little setup. It's like there's two major walking paths, one at the bottom of a mountain and one at the top of a mountain. So we decided to start the one at the bottom of the mountain, which runs along by a creek and it goes along a big straight path. If you sort of, you know, vaguely, it loops around at the end and it comes back along that same path and it takes about an hour to do the whole walk. So we go down, you got across a few little streams. It's definitely an area that you can't access by vehicle whatsoever. And we were about maybe 10 minutes into our walk when we came across an area where it was really dense, like palms and real sort of almost like far North Queensland sort of jungle, tropical sort of area, that there was this one section that was completely flattened down, like entire trees were just squashed and my friend made the comment she was like oh it's like something had a giant tantrum here and in my head I'm like don't say it don't say it you know just like because I hadn't really spoken to her about this or my experiences or my weird little phobia I had so I was just like you know oh yeah laugh it off whatever and I wish I'd taken photos now of the few things that sort of went and so we kept walking along the trail we get to that end little loop that I mentioned and we're just about to turn back and where that loop ends it sort of goes into like a pine logging area and as we were turning around to go back down the trail there was we sort of caught it out of the peripheral of our eye it's like a branch was a branch fell from pretty high up in a tree but it wasn't like a branch that had um leaves and twigs and stuff on it it was sort of like more like a, a chunk of branch had been chopped at either ends that just fell it was pretty strange and she even seemed to, I noticed she really got quite nervous at that and, you know, said something out loud, like, all right, we're leaving and, you know, headed back the other way, still sort of get to the end of the thing and go, okay, well, we don't really want to cut the day short because it took us a fair while to get here and it's your birthday and it seems a bit silly to, you know, just chop it short because of something small and silly like that, you know, it's probably just our imaginations. So we decided to do that top trail at the top of the ridge line. So that trail runs parallel to that bottom one you're just at the absolute top of the ridge so again we're walking down the trail again it was about maybe maybe 10 or 15 minutes in and we come across this tree that from about eight foot up all the way to the base of the tree it's like the tree had been peeled like a banana and it wasn't as though bits of bark were scratched off like a goanna or a bird would do it was like entire massive strips had just been peeled off this tree all the way around and it was a bit too high for a human to really reach and if they did it's like a lot of weird trouble to go to and again we're sort of standing there looking at it like okay this is this is pretty weird but whatever you know it's a you know, it's a pretty populated area. Maybe a person did it who was bored for who knows what reason, whatever. Let's just keep going. So we're walking along the trail. It's probably, again, taken us a fair while to get down to this. And there's this area you've got to go through where it's almost like a bottle, a bottleneck of two massive boulders. So we walk through there. It's a really narrow pathway. She's behind me. I'm in the front. And as not far after those boulders, you come out and... Looking down to our left as we're heading down the trail. It's about 20-30 meters of cleared of just bracken, which is probably up to maybe your knees are a bit higher if you went into it. And then probably about that 30 meters in, I'm really bad with guessing distance with meters, probably about 30 meters down, then you've got a tree line. And that tree line is that same area where that branch fell originally. And so We're about to keep heading down this little pathway, which is going to go down deeper into the forest. And I just have this really bad feeling in my gut. There's just this weird, uncomfortable feeling like something's wrong. So I spun around to tell her like, hey, I don't feel comfortable to keep going. I think we should go back. And as I've turned around to face her, just at the edge of that trees in the bracken, just outside of the tree line, I see from its shoulders up to its neck, this thing sitting there staring at us.
0: Oh, and you're it, kidding.
1: And it's broad daylight. Um, I remember when, by the time we got back to the car, I remember seeing the clock and it was about 2.30. I just remember having that in my mind. So this is absolute middle of the day. Um, I only sort of glanced at it for a few seconds, but it felt like forever. And like it had a like charcoal skin, a real flat nose against it short dark hair and it had no expression on its face and as i've turned to her to just be like we need to leave i noticed she's got this sort of sort of horrified look on her face too and i've just said to her i was like hold on to my backpack whatever you do just don't run and i remember she grabbed a massive stick and she's grabbing onto my backpack and i'm leading the way out and as we're walking out it turns out there was she wasn't looking at the one that I was looking at. She was looking at one further to the left that was just inside the tree line standing up that she saw just a silhouette of. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so not just one, but two. Yay. (laughs) So as we're walking out, these things are paralleling us and they're actually pulling back small sapling trees and letting them go as they're following us through. And she didn't tell me, of course, until we got to the gar- car because we had to go back through that bottleneck. But she said she was absolutely convinced that when we went through that bottleneck, something was going to just reach out and grab me and that'd be the end of it. But it was sort of after that point of getting out of that area that it seems like they stopped following us. <laughs> so that was sort of the end of that for me. But then something that she didn't tell me until later on, because it was, I saw a, couple of days after and she'd had a concussion that turns out she's absolutely insane. She decided to go back the next day by herself because she was just so infatuated with whatever had happened. She just, I don't know if she wanted to, you know, we both got back to the car when it happened and it's like, oh my God, what did you see? Like, you know, you tell me what you see and I'll tell you what I saw. And, you know, comparing notes of like, did that actually happen? And, you know, we both had the same story like I was shaking so much that I had to pull over. Like, you know, first things first was I wanted to get in the car and get the hell out of there and had to then pull over. I was just shaking so much and just sort of relax from the adrenaline. So, yeah, the next day she went back by herself. And, of course, she's insane. She was like, I'm going to go in deeper and further by myself. So she'd gone in to another area and she were, she slipped on a rock. And she said as she was getting herself up, she was just suddenly surrounded by all these wood knocks around her, oh, and so no. she yeah, so she dragged herself out of there and got herself home, and of course, didn't want to tell me why she had a concussion because she knew I was going to be like, "Why the hell would you go back?" but yeah, that's um that's our yowie encounter.
0: that's absolutely incredible i um I'm not going to lie. I got chills from you just telling me that, Sarah, because i I couldn't imagine a more vulnerable position to be in than that right there. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month.
1: I think that's the the first real time in my entire life that I, honest to God, had that feeling of, oh my God, we're going to die, because, like, we're both about five foot tall and fifty kilos. There's you know, there's not much that we can do really, and I think that's part of the reason that maybe they were so interested in us is that we weren't really much of a threat. You know, maybe if we had a bloke with us or something like that, then maybe they wouldn't have sort of stepped out in front of us. And so the creepier thing about this encounter is, so I went on Yowie Hunters and told this story as well, but the guy who runs that told me afterwards that he had um, someone from a report from January of this year in the same area that we'd had our sighting. And he said that three people were walking through the bush, if I remember correctly, it was about, I think he said, six o'clock at night, and this thing stepped out in front of these three people. Like there was just absolutely no fear there. So it seems like, I don't know if because there's so many people that frequent the area that they're just unafraid of humans or what, but it's, it's pretty chilling.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That is that's absolutely terrifying. Just for the fact that these things, honestly, they don't sound like they're they're phased by people walking past them, walking into their territory. It's just they're they're not afraid to let people know that they're there. And that's that's scary.
1: Yeah, it's um it's pretty ballsy of them. And I do know something I found odd about the area is I noticed that it has a gate and it locks every night so that people can't go in after a certain time. And I was sort of like, what do you need to really keep people out of, you know? national forest at this time, but I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why.
0: (laughs) Do you know if there's rangers that live on site or anything like that?
1: I wouldn't think so because it's sort of like you pretty much just jump off the highway and then drive into a little car park and you're sort of there. It's, there's not really, it's not like, say the Wadigans where you can really go in deep and, you know, there's different areas to explore. It's just almost like this little bit off Off the highway, so I haven't seen anything of any kind of buildings or anything, and I don't know where they'd sort of fit them. But yeah,
0: so this is fairly close to suburbia.
1: Um, looking on a map, yeah, it is, which is really quite weird. It's, it's um, but it's sort of near suburbia, but then behind it, it, sort of backs into a larger sort of national park, I believe. But I know on the Yowie Hunters website, you look up, they've got a great little map of you know, sightings around and yeah, it seems like a lot of people are seeing things in this area.
0: Yeah, I, I hear so many encounters around this area. It is it it's absolutely a hot spot here in Australia. So if there's any budding uh Yowie hunters, absolutely go out to that that area because it sounds like yeah, you have a pretty good chance of running into something. So with the with these two yaois that you that you saw on this, I guess this encounter here, um, could you could you tell if there was a, if there was males or females or anything like that? Was there anything um, that you could distinguish between the two?
1: I want to say male, but not a hundred percent, only because I feel like so. I saw it from the distance of like you know that thirty or so meter mark, and it must have been the way that I can only understand of how I sort of saw it is it must have been maybe on its belly and pushing its chest up because I saw it from sitting just outside the back and it was sort of, I saw it from just below the shoulders up to the top of the head. I did wind up actually drawing an image of what I saw just to try and, you know, go home and sort of get it out just to try and remember it. But I didn't see any breasts or anything like that and I sort of glanced at it like it felt like forever but The moment I sort of saw it and locked eyes with it, I just sort of knew I wanted to just get the hell out of there. So I didn't see it stand up or anything like that. It was when we're walking to the car, I just had complete tunnel vision, but you could just see in the peripherals these things sort of walking out to our side and pulling back trees. And I just almost didn't want to look and sort of acknowledge it. Oh, my God, this is real. So I didn't really see any kind of genders or anything like that. I felt like maybe it was a bit more male, but that's just guessing.
0: When they were walking next to you, did you have a, a presence of their size or, or anything like that?
1: Um, they were still – they weren't, like, super, super close. It's not like they were close enough to reach out and touch us, but it still felt absolutely massive. And I know that I've sort of I, – I wish I'd gone back a few days after with <laughs> with a with a male or a friend or something just to sort of try and gauge size. But I've sort of tried to figure out – Measurements in that since, and I feel like I'd want to say that the shoulders were at least about three foot wide, which is pretty bloody big.
0: Yeah, that's a that's definitely a big unit, you don't want that running into you.
1: No, and I know that my friend who said she was looking at the other one that was standing in the forest, she said that was at least around eight foot, it was pretty big.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big creature, and to to be caught out in the middle of nowhere essentially and and have two of those, that's that's a bad situation to be caught in
1: yeah it's like i said it's the first time in my life i've really had that feeling of like we may not come out of this
0: so did you feel any aggression from them
1: i the weird thing is is i didn't i think it's because there was no it was there was no facial expression but that was the other thing that really unsettled me is that it was completely blank Like, at least maybe if it bared its teeth or frowned or gave some kind of sign of aggression or something at us, it's sort of like, well, you know, you sort of know, okay, this is the situation. But the fact that it was just a completely blank stare and then complete, like, um, lack of fear towards us, that's the thing that unsettled me more because I'm sort of like, I don't know what's going to happen. At least if it acts aggressive, you can go, okay, this is the situation, but... You don't know what's going to happen.
0: Absolutely. It's that it's that fear of the unknown, of not knowing what's about to happen. And when this thing has just got this blank stare, that's, I could imagine it would have felt like it was staring right through you, that uh, oh. to to be caught there, it's just a deer in the headlights type of moment that you don't know what's going on.
1: Absolutely. I just knew that there was something in my head that was like, don't run, don't run, don't run. That'll make it worse. Just like sort of power through as calmly as you can.
0: So you saw this creature here. What what was going through your mind? Because I, I could imagine there would be a huge rush of, of adrenaline going on. Did you? How did your body want to react? Did you? Did you want to? Was there like a, a natural reaction that you wanted to do? Say scream, run away, anything like that?
1: I just remember thinking again and again to myself of trying to visualize getting to the car. <laughs> that's that's all that was going on. Was just trying to sort of like just imagining that I was at the car and just every step felt so painfully slow and just thinking, just get to the car, just get to the car, just get to the car and just like praying that we would get out of there. Like I just, I feel like if anything, I just sort of shut down and went into the mode of, okay, this is what we're doing. We're leaving and just hoping to God nothing happens.
0: Even when you're in the car, did you feel like you're out of harm's way?
1: (laughs) Not at all. Not until I got home. Like I said, I think I got in the car Screamed out of the car park I think I drove maybe about 10 minutes and even when I got out on the side of the road because I just needed to sort of stop shaking I was just absolutely shaking from the adrenaline rush even though we were about 10 minutes away I still felt like we were way too close to bushland and I just yeah it wasn't until I got home which was at least about over an hour that I finally was like okay now that I'm in a house I feel okay but until then it was just absolute terror.
0: Have you told many people about this encounter before?
1: Um, Not a huge amount, just because it's, I mean, how many people are really, you know, it's one of those things that you don't really want to go around screaming from the rooftops. I, I told my partner at the moment I get got home because he's, you know, he's one of those people that almost seems to never have any strange encounters. And, you know, his response was that he could definitely tell something could happen with you know, our energy of how shaken up we were from this happening. And he said, having that other person there said, yeah, he definitely believes it. But he said that if it was, you know, anyone else, he probably wouldn't have. I told my dad. And of course the first thing he's like, all right, come on, let's go. Let's <laughs> let's go find the Yowie. And I'm just like, there's no way I'm going in there unless we have like 13 people like, you know, and he just he still this day. days like when are we going to go yaoi hunting and so yeah i think it's mostly just like close close family that are open to this kind of thing and the guy on yaoi hunters and that's sort of about it
0: yeah yeah it's it's one of those it's a really tricky thing to talk about because it's supposed to be this creature that doesn't exist you know it's it's a thing of of, of hollywood you know of imagination and when you've got one looking at you but you've had two you know that's that's terrifying it's um it's something that will really shatter your your worldview about this type of stuff is did you find your your perspective of the bush changed after this
1: oh absolutely i like i used to love absolutely love camping and now i will not go out by myself and even then if i go out it's I need several people and I still, I can never relax anymore. I can't ever be comfortable no matter what. It's completely ruined my enjoyment for going out, which is quite, quite sad. That is. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that you're just always now on high alert. You're always just thinking what's that twig snapping and what's going on. And and it's one of those strange topics too, that like you said, of no one really sort of talks about it, but then, I mean, the Aboriginals have spoken about it for so long. And if you look at, encounter stories there's so many people that are seeing this thing you sort of got to wonder if everybody that has had a weird experience came forward maybe the collective mindset of these things wouldn't be that it's so weird because i feel like a lot of people are seeing strange things that we just don't talk about
0: i can guarantee you that i have i honestly i have hundreds of people that will contact me every month about weird encounters um Yaoi encounters, UFO encounters, um spirit encounters. They don't want to come on the show, but they just wanna they just wanna share their story with someone because they they have to live with this thing every kind of every day. And to to get it off their chest, I think it's a it's a really big help. And when we have people like yourself who come onto the show and actually talk about the encounters and how it affected them, I think it's a it's a really good portal for for other people to to. Share their own encounters with someone close, or um, p- perhaps even come onto our show. It's it's always a really good positive message.
1: Absolutely, I think it's sort of therapeutic for people to know that you know they're not alone in these really bizarre things. That there is definitely strange things going on, and I think I don't know the world would be more fascinating if we all sort of spoke about them.
0: Absolutely, I have to ask though, how is your how's your friend doing? Because it sounds like she is an absolute adrenaline junkie to to go out there on her own. I think that's <laughs> absolutely madness and she got off very very lightly by the sounds of it. Um does is she still trying to go out there or is she kind of just moved on from from this this encounter that she's had? <laughs>
1: she's um yeah, I think that was sort of cuz I think she had the mentality that these are happy, friendly forest beings or something strange like that in her head at the time. Yeah. And then after her own experience, it's definitely, I think, knocked her down a peg a bit in sort of like, you know, we still go, oh, let's go for a walk on our day off. And we now tend to pick really, really, really urban foresty areas just where nothing weird is going to happen. And I can tell that she's, I think she does a better job of it not killing her passion for going out to the forest, but she definitely never sort of, goes
0: alone either anymore and all the people that i've spoken to have had a a yaoi encounter or a Bigfoot encounter is that it absolutely changes that mindset because i I get a lot of people from the states contacting me saying i'm never going to go out into the forest again without a without a gun on me or or some form of protection um and that's if they even decide to go back out into that into the wilderness because it really shakes some people up big time
1: Absolutely. I mean, like you said, you're looking at something that you've been told doesn't exist. So how do you process that? And how do you, you know, you can't just like you said, it's hard to just go openly talk about this with people because there's for people that don't have these experiences, so much ridicule. But then I think there's always that thing to almost try and keep in mind, even though I'm still nervous myself, is that for all the times that I've been camping over the years and I've always grown up camping with my family it's only this sort of couple of handfuls of times that have actually really had something happen. So, you know, what's, what's the odds?
0: How would you feel if you saw one today?
1: Uh, Still terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I, since that encounter, I do periodically have, I don't know if I'd call them nightmares or maybe just dreams where, it's almost like in my dreams I'm aware they're there and there's a few times where in the dream it's something like I'm hiding behind a wall and about to look out the window and I know they're out there and I'm telling myself in the dream, just look out the window, nothing will be there, and I look out and I see them. And so it's like I keep having these dreams where I guess now that I've seen it, I see it in my dreams too and it sort of wakes me up terrified. So it's it's definitely changed me. It definitely – I still – don't really want like i'm happy with my encounter and i don't really want to have another one again i'm happy leaving it that
0: and i think that's a great answer i think most people don't even want to see one of these things because i think i think a lot of people go out there saying i'd love to see a yaoi i'd love to see a bigfoot but the reality is when that situation is happening it's a completely different story
1: Oh, absolutely. And like, I always had that sort of mentality before this happened of I'd always been like, oh, I'd love to see one, but I just want to be, you know, in my car where I'm safe driving or something like that. Never, you know, encounter like I did. And I feel incredibly fortunate that I did come away okay from this. But I mean, there are a lot of people that wind up with, you know, severe PTSD and this does change them. And then as well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Missing 411 project. Like, there is, a lot of strange things going on that, you know, maybe people should be a bit more aware
0: about. Absolutely. If anyone wants to go see a Bigfoot, I recommend go watch The Missing 411. It's on Amazon Prime. It's it's free as part of their subscription. Watch that and I think you'll walk out of there with a completely different mindset about wanting to see one of these things.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's something that you sort of be careful what you wish for because, you know, it's a, I want to see it, I want to see it, and then you- come face to face and it's an entirely different experience where you're sort of like okay I wish that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can I completely understand that type of perspective. So Sarah, have you ever had much thought about what the Yowie might be?
1: Um it's definitely something that since since my experience has sort of stemmed a fascination of trying to understand this. And so there's a fair few podcasts that I listen to, like Sasquatch Chronicles and that, that it's just interesting listening to other people's experiences and trying to make sense of it and trying to figure it out. But I think it's it feels like it's one of those things where we're just chasing our tail. Like there's been stories from these things from native tribes all over the world on every continent for eons and it feels like no one really has any made any progress on this topic. It's so strange. So I don't know what it is. I know in my experience it was definitely a physical being because it was moving and interacting with with trees and I've heard it make footsteps and I've had it throw pebbles at me. So it's definitely got a physical quality to it but why we can never sort of pin one down I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those questions that there's no really there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to it because at the end of the day no one knows and I'm I'm always interested to hear people's theories on it because um there's there's just so many different different ones out there and it's I think every every theory is almost valid at this stage because I mean we haven't got one that's dead we haven't got one that's been tested on we don't have anything like that to to reference so it's um it's always one of my favorite questions to ask people who have seen one of these things because it's it's really one of those things that you can only answer that when you were in that moment yourself
1: absolutely and it's one of those things that the more you sort of go down the rabbit hole you like you said there's so many people that have strange encounters that go along with it that you go what is this thing like i don't know if we'll ever answer that question i wish we would in our lifetime but sort of almost at this point not holding my breath
0: yeah yeah and I'm, i'm with you it's and to be honest I almost like the idea of it never being found. I just like it being this <laughs> mysterious, weird thing that people encounter. And the it's almost like this romantic idea that this thing will never get found. And it's just one of the greatest mysteries of mankind.
1: I think that's what makes it so fascinating. And that's I think that's why I'm fascinated with it since this experience, because it's this eternal mystery of what is it? And you never get any answers it just drives and feeds that curiosity
0: absolutely because if at the end of the day we found out it was just actually a bunch of gorillas running around or something like that it would be far less exciting and and far less mystical it would just be it will be lame
1: <laughs> absolutely something something interesting though i did find out about gorillas is that it wasn't until actually the 1920s that we realized that gorillas were a real being before then People pretty much just thought that a bunch of natives in the areas were making stuff up about about these things. I didn't realize until recently that gorillas are only really essentially kind of a newly discovered species, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Um, same with the panda. It was, it was very much the same type of thing. It was just this weird creature that no one thought would really exist. And um, yeah, there they are. <laughs> there they <That's> are.
1: It. <laughs> so maybe at some point this will become a real thing. Who knows? But- Again, I'm not holding my breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um it's it would absolutely turn the world upside down if, if any government came out tomorrow to say, Yep, yeah, Bigfoot's are real, Yowie's are real, they're they're running around in the bush. Um, I think it would cause absolute mayhem if that happened. It would be um it would it would be a very, very dangerous and weird time to to be around in.
1: Oh, I feel like it would just spark so many people, like my father, that are just instantly like, "All right, we're going out to find one." It's like it would be mayhem.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would, <laughs> it would, it would, it would cause absolute mayhem in all the forests. Um, and it it would be dangerous. It would be a very dangerous time, I think.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Well, Sarah, I want to thank you for coming on the show because that is an absolutely fascinating Yowie encounter. Um, the your friend's an absolute mad woman for going out there on her own again. I think she's learned a very valuable lesson of not to do that again, and I'm 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 glad <sighs> that she's uh, she's safe now. I'm glad that you're safe. And um, before we shoot off, you are actually kind of referring back to the the last episode that you were on, where you we're going to go back to this haunted house that your that your family still live in and you're going to be you're going to be taking your medium friend in there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, this Saturday actually, we're going to do a uh, exploration of the house and I'm going to try and maybe take a little bit of recording equipment what I can get my hands on before then and see what happens.
0: <laughs> so uh listeners, be sure to uh keep an ear out for that because if Sarah finds something, she is going to be reporting back to us and uh, we'll be sharing those findings for sure because that will be incredible because for those who haven't listened to uh, Sarah's first episode make sure you go and do that because it'll absolutely scare the living crap out of you because it is one of the most terrifying episodes I've ever uh, partaken in and um, you'll, you'll find out why we're so interested if she does find something.
1: Yeah, hopefully, I know it's such a double-edged sword. Part of me is like, hopefully, and the other part's like, oh, God, I hope nothing shows up.
0: (laughs) And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au. Or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe, and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.